Welcome to the Victory XR Show. I am Steve Grubbs, your show host. And today we have Jonathan Jackson, who is on faculty at Florida State University in the College of Business. And, and the reason we're talking with Jonathan today, some of the things that you'll learn from uh, this, this interview are how, first of all, how he implemented virtual reality labs in a marketing class, uh, some of the challenges that had to be overcome, uh, the results, and um, really how it was received uh, by students. So, uh, Jonathan, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. So, I, I, I know that in your background, that in, even yet today, you are a uh, an actor. Tell me just a little bit about your background in acting and the types of things that you do. Of course, uh, I've, I've always loved theater. I've always loved live acting. And I did it as a child in elementary school and then found my way back to it through high school. And uh, especially in my mid to late 20s, I was really active in local community theater. Uh, I've always loved the thrill of being on stage. It, it doesn't matter how much planning you put into it, things can get very spontaneous. Uh, and that has actually really accrued benefits to my professional career, uh, both in the business world, being able to sort of improvise or have good public speaking skills, be able to read the room, be able to understand how to fill a room with my voice so everybody can hear me. Uh, and it absolutely has made me a better teacher. So acting was a ton of fun. Uh, I made lots and lots of friends through that community. But the skills that I learned on stage, I continue to use today in my career as a teacher uh, because undergraduates can be kind of sleepy at a, for an 8 a.m. class on a Monday morning. And mm -hmm. so my, my acting background really helps me keep them entertained and awake while they are learning. So here's the funny part about that. Uh, when I first started Victory XR, I was interviewing the first coder developer that we were going to hire. And okay. so we meet in Chicago. I'm interviewing him and I always ask this question, what was your thing in high school? Because I'm interested, were you were you in sports? Were you competitive? Were you on the, uh, the computer science club? You know, what was, and that helps me to understand who they are and their level of discipline and commitment and all those sorts of things. Um, and Danny says, well, my main thing in high school was I was a thespian in the drama club. <laughs> and I said, wait a minute, I thought you were a programmer, a coder. He goes, oh, I am. I said, I have never met a coder who was also a thespian. <laughs> and yeah. what best decision I ever made for the company because Danny has built these worlds. He knows set design. He knows uh, how, how to deliver a, a tour with a flourish. Um, yes. So so I don't know if you've ever met Danny, but you guys could. could I have. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's terrific. And, and now you know why. Yes. Yeah. I did not realize that. So it was a marketing course, right? That is correct. So I teach I teach in two departments here. I actually teach business analytics as well as marketing. I've taught several marketing courses at the undergraduate and graduate level. But one course that I designed and that I'm best known for and that is always filling up is social media marketing. Uh, it is certainly a current skill set. It's something our undergraduates are very interested in. It's a helpful skill for them to have as they exit their undergraduate experience into the business world. And so the course that I chose for our VR pilot here was the social media marketing class. Okay, perfect. And so you have this course and now you, you, you're, you're sitting in, be, before the semester and you're saying, okay, 
what am I going to do with virtual reality? How did you approach? And this is what we work with business schools all over the United States. And this is the point where they get stuck. Mm -hmm. uh, they want to know, how do I take this really powerful tool and integrate it into our business courses? And we help with some of that, but I would really love it if you could share how you approached that challenge. So I looked at my approach and thinking about what I wanted my students to take away from their experience with VR uh, in kind of two separate lanes. And one is, you know, I know they're getting a, many of them are getting an undergraduate degree in business. They're going to go work in the private sector mostly. And the world of business is constantly changing, right? There are constant waves of technology. You know, you and I both know when we started our careers 20, 25 plus years ago, uh, that the kind of technology we use in the office looks completely different from what people are using in offices today. And so I knew virtual reality is coming. Different companies are going to start to use it in different ways uh, in-house. So one thing I just wanted my students to take away was comfort at using the technology, the hardware and the software, putting on the headset, navigating their bodies, their avatars through virtual space and interacting with virtual objects in that space so that if and when they encounter that technology in their working life that they already have some comfort with it right and that that's a that is a, a career skill that is a value add that will really help them get a leg up in the marketplace as young early career professionals so that was one thing i wanted them to take away i just wanted to get them in there get them using it get them comfortable with it and the second thing uh, i really brought into this class from my previous career working as a marketing executive. Uh, I worked at Verizon, major telecommunications firm, but also a major technology driver uh, in the US. And over time, as we went through a digital transformation at that company, I began to encounter more and more different types of technology. Uh, you know, certainly websites and selling on the web has existed for a while, but uh, chat interactions with customers continue to advance and be driven more and more by uh, artificial intelligence today. We began to use social media to communicate with a new generation of customers. In new ways, we began to build uh, new features and functionalities into our apps to give Verizon's customers what they need when they need it. And so I definitely in that, in that part of my career developed a comfort with learning about new technologies and envisioning how they might be used as the interface between the company and the customer. And I've been teaching this course, social media marketing for several years now. The industry of social media, the platforms, the big names, the features, the technology is constantly changing. That class never looks the same from one semester to the next. I'm constantly getting rid of old technologies and introducing new ones to my, uh, to my students. And so, I know that virtual reality will even in, it's already beginning to impact some customers. Like if you look at Gen, Gen Alpha, they're playing Fortnite, they're playing Roblox, they're playing, they're in Minecraft, they're, they're used to uh, maneuvering within virtual worlds. And I know as they grow older, virtual reality technology will become one tool in that digital marketing toolbox for how companies will communicate and interact with customers. We're at the you know the very beginning of that wave, and I have no idea what it's going to look like five or ten or fifteen years down the road. But I wanted my students to get comfortable thinking about what will it look like. How can I bring a brand, a company, into this VR space and think about how can the brand interact with a customer avatar in that space and have a high high engagement, high value interaction with that customer that accrues to the benefit of both the customer and the company. And I found that my students 
you know, in some ways we were still trying to recreate the real physical world inside VR. And that's fine. We need to get comfortable doing that. But I also wanted them to start to think forward. What are the capabilities of this technology that we can do new things with our customers in new ways? So it was twofold. I wanted them just to get comfortable using the technology. But then I wanted them thinking about how will this technology be used for brands to talk to customers. And that really drove my planning for the entire semester. What, what are some specific activities that you engaged in in various weeks or with particular chapters? Yeah, so it, it was a an iterative process. Uh, I kind of repeated a similar exercise, um, but, but in, in, in increased the requirements over time. And I continued to have this group exercise and we would do it during class time so that we could use that time for the students uh, to, to do this together in groups because their lives are very busy. It's hard for them to do group projects outside of class time. And I would bring them all into a virtual space and I chose the uh, city at day landscape, that, that 360 degree VR environment, uh, because many of them are going to be living, working, marketing inside urban environments. And it's a nice facsimile of the real world to get them thinking about how do brands talk to customers in a, in a city, on a city street. And so we use that as our, our blank canvas. And I brought them into that space and I would send one group down the block that way and another group down the block that way, another group over to this plaza over there. And they had to uh, choose a brand. They did some planning outside VR and then we would go into headset and they had to choose a brand and they had to create some sort of uh, in-place marketing setup for the brand to interact with customers. If you imagine their avatars walking down the city sidewalk and they, got really creative about browsing the library of virtual objects, the IFX objects, and pulling those objects into the VR space, uh, manipulating them, arranging them, uh, putting post-it notes in space to sort of designate, here's what this thing is, right? In some cases, they were bringing in screens and playing back videos. And so the outcome of that over time, you know, it looked pretty messy uh, the first week we did it, but by week eight or 10, it was really impressive. We had an art gallery, we had a coffee shop, we had a bookstore, uh, we had a really cool entertainment space that was co-branded between a local brewery here in Florida and Florida State University Athletics. And it was a, an entertainment space where people could come in and get a drink. And there was a stage with a microphone and a disco ball and footlights on the stage so they could come in and hear a virtual concert and enjoy a virtual beer, so to speak. But you know, that's an interesting way for the brands, both the university and the local brewery, to make an impact on the avatars in that space, you know? And you might pay a high dollar ticket to go hear your favorite brand band at a local bar, but there's no limit to the number of av avatars that could sit in the space and listen to their favorite band. And so it was really impressive watching them put their marketing minds to work to develop these, these, these uh, virtual spaces that represent the brand that avatars could come in and interact with. And they began to think forward, like what does it mean for them to interact? Can they browse art in that space and then order the artwork to be shipped to their real home? Can they come into this space and listen to the band and make a connection with that band and then maybe buy real world concert tickets? And so, and, and how would we develop uh, digital touch points for them to do that commerce, that ordering function within virtual reality space. So just like shopping online, but you're shopping and finishing the purchase while you're in VR. You know, um, 
what I find interesting is that your students are really getting good exposure to the technology. And, and from, from my perspective, I have two devices that I use regularly. One is my Quest 3 headset. Okay. Um, and, and so, you know, that allows me to be fully immersed in VR or to use some pass-through mixed reality. But yes. then I also have my Ray-Ban Meta glasses. Okay. Cool. And so there's no image images on there. It's just, you know, I've got an AI assistant, mm -hmm. um, listen to my music, make phone calls, but, or I can say, you know, hey, Meta, you know, what's the weather forecast today? And the AI sure. pull it up and tell me. But yeah. what, what we're seeing especially with the uh with with the apple vision pro being released is that this this really lightweight pair of glasses and then this heavier weight headset we're moving towards this this intersection yes. where within three to five years we, they intersect and then you know i wear my ray-ban meta glasses everywhere in fact i just went into lens crafters to have the uh, transitional lenses put in so I can wear them wow. and outdoors because I find it so useful to have that AI at my beck and call. Sure, that's mm -hmm. cool. Um, so, so I think I think what you are pursuing will definitely occur. What what has been the reception of students thus far? A few of them were hesitant at first. They had not experienced it. They're kind of doing a little bit of an eye roll, which is something young uh, undergraduates do sometimes when encountered with something challenging. Uh, the first couple couple of weeks were difficult, understanding how to use the hardware, understanding how to use the software. I got to log in. What's my password? Uh, Gen Z does not remember their passwords. Um, but after the first two or three weeks, when they, once they got accustomed to maneuvering and it became, uh, you know, it's like learning to play your favorite video game. Once you're used to it, you're not even thinking about which buttons you press or how you maneuver the controller. It's just muscle memory. And so once they got that locked in by like week three, give or take, uh, they, they loved it. They had a great time. Um, so many of them were asking questions about the capability of the technology. What, one thing I will tell you is they wanted to push Victory XR farther. They, the technology, they, they were, their minds were moving faster than your uh, team can develop the technology. And I'm sure you kind of have the same feeling and vision for your company. They had all these ideas they wanted to create, um, but they really enjoyed it. And I kept telling them, look, you're doing cool things here. Uh, I want, we're going to massage this into a resume bullet and you need to put this on your resume and your LinkedIn because this is going to make you stand out, right? Very few graduating seniors are going to have a resume bullet that looks like what you're getting from this class. Well, the next time you teach this class, you're going to be able to teach it in VXR labs. Uh, right. which which is a fairly significant um, step forward. So uh, uh, we're, we'll, I'll be curious uh, your thoughts when, when you get to do that. So um, how did you deploy the headsets? You know, some universities keep them on campus in a lab and others, um, many of those that we work with in particular, will have the students check it out for the semester. How did you approach that? We have a really terrific, talented uh, IT support team here in our College of Business uh, that supports technology for faculty, staff, classrooms, students. And so we simply had a, a an issue day where they brought in rolling carts with all of the Oculus headsets. And we sent the students by one by one, and they essentially signed like a hand receipt, very limited sort of contract. Uh, and the students took their headsets and they took them home with them. You know, and I kind of laid out a few guidelines about how to treat your headsets, where to keep it. I was very careful about saying, you know, on this day, we're going to bring in a headset. 
And then I would have a set and a triggered announcement automated the night before. Don't forget to plug in your headset and make sure it's fully charged and then put it in your car. You know, when you come to class the next day, because we're going to do a headset day on this particular day. And so we trusted them and we didn't have any problems with that. None of the headsets got broken or anything like that. Uh, and at the end of the semester, last week of class, we just had them bring them all back to the classroom and turn them back over to the IT team for cleaning, uh, reset, recharging, and they were redeployed to a different classroom. I think a graduate course uh, for this spring semester. You know, what's interesting to me is uh, you said it was an 8 a.m. class. <laughs> I, I specifically, when I was in college, avoided the 8 a.m. classes. I was that That's guy. Uh, but if I could have just rolled over in bed, put my headset on, and was in class with everybody else, I probably would have taken the class. And we progressed to that point later in the semester. So the first several weeks of VR time, we're all together in the classroom. And I did that so I could be there on hand to support any students in person who are having difficulty with the technology. Uh, and the, they, they could help their classmates who might be having difficulty. I had a couple of sort of early adopters who really took to it quickly. Yeah. And I sort of recruited them as helpers, classroom helpers. But once everybody was accustomed to it, we kind of made a group classroom decision like, all right, going forward on VR days, we're not coming into the room. You're welcome to come in to use this room for VR class on those days, but I, the professor won't be there. I'll be in my office with my headset on. You wanna sit in your bedroom? I don't care, because I'm not gonna see you. We're not on Zoom together. We're gonna be in VR headset together. And that's what we did. Yeah, to me, that is really, especially as you know, uh, well, this is a residential class, an on-campus class. Remote yeah. learning is is expanding rapidly. Mm -hmm. So how, how does higher education address the issue of hands-on learning when you're just trying to do it through Zoom? And so this, to me, is a really practical way to approach it. Yeah, I think this is better than just doing it on Zoom. Just doing it on Zoom means I've got 15 window tabs open and I'm sharing things through the Zoom. Uh, I'm doing group exercises uh, in breakout rooms on Zoom. And so I'm jumping from group to group to group on Zoom. You know, I can't force them to turn their cameras on. So I don't always get a lot of eye contact or, or visual like body language feedback the way I do in a real classroom. Uh, but with VR, you know, I can, it's, it's very easy for me to jump from group to group. It's very easy for me to uh, go on and off mute and talk to their avatars in that space. It's really easy for me to tell who's participating and not participating at any given moment because there's so many sort of little data signals you get uh, through the through the through the app itself, and I think it would be so much more engaging. Now, there's something about body to brain interaction, right? And so, if you're sitting on Zoom as a student and you're not doing anything with your body, you can probably tune out and get pretty bored pretty quickly, which doesn't keep your brain awake and therefore you're not learning. But if we're doing stuff in VR, well, you know, you're moving your head around as you're looking around the VR space. You've got controllers and you're using your fingers to move your avatar around. So there's definitely some body activity, which I think helps keep the brain more awake, which helps with learning. So I think VR is better than just Zoom only distance ed. Yeah, to that point, uh, there's a great study by PwC that shows students learn four times faster, more empathetic, all of that. Um, and, and I think that's, Part of it is just the immersive engagement. But there was a, a study at a, uh, a Taiwan Taiwanese university where they actually hooked up, um, I think it was an EEG, 
that okay. measures brain activity. And so they measured sitting in a classroom, then they measured Zoom, an online tool like Zoom, and then they measured VR. And so when students were just sitting in the classroom, you know, the, the amount of uh, EEG, the brain lighting up, you know, with, with mental activity was pretty minimal. Then they get onto Zoom and it was more or whatever online tool. And then in VR, it just like exploded with colors. Sure. Um, and that's, that's sort of the data that completely makes your point. Yeah. So before I go to my last question, um, first of all, if, if other professors or business schools or people wanted to communicate with you on your experience, uh, A, would that be okay? Absolutely. Of course. I'm happy to. Okay. And then B, would they reach out to you by email, LinkedIn? What is your uh, preferred? E email or LinkedIn is just fine. Uh, you can find me on the Florida State University College of Business website, or you can follow find me on LinkedIn. It's Jonathan Jackson. Uh, my email is jjackson at business.fsu.edu. Okay. We will pop that up on the screen. Um, okay. Final question. So, uh, you, you've created this course, you're using this great tool. Thank you to Meta for the grant to provide uh, the Metaversity and the headsets. Um, what, at the end of the semester, how do you view it and how do your students view it? I really try to uh, invest in my students this um, openness to technological change because it's going to hit their careers whether they like it or not. So be ready for it. Be open to it. It's only going to help you uh, in your careers. And I think I kept repeating that over and over again. And I think by the end of the semester, they were really starting to get it and say, yeah, this does have value. I don't know where my career is going at this stage in my, stage in my life, but I know that I'm going to encounter new, new pieces of the technology, probably including VR. So this does help me. And I also told them, you know, technologies uh, are invented and mature and then die off kind of on a curve and we're very very early in the curve so enjoy what vr what the capabilities are right now but no this is not the end of the story this is not even chapter two this is chapter one of the vr story it's only going to improve going forward and um you know apple has changed the term to spatial computing yes yeah <laughs> Uh, it'll be a while before we can get enough of those $3,500 headsets, but I'm sure they'll come down in price <laughs> next year and the year after. But um, yeah, I, you know what? Uh, I have really appreciated uh, your level of ingenuity and uh, really being willing to try something new. You know, professors are like anybody else. They're on a bell curve. You have the early adopters, you have the you know, 67% in the middle and then you sure. have the standards and, and we appreciate you being in that uh, first or second standard deviation. So um, I, I would hats off to you and hats okay. off to Florida State for uh, uh, all the great work that's being done. And we will look forward to following you. And, and when you teach another course, please reach out again because we'd love to talk about it. I certainly will. Thank you for having me. All right, Jonathan, thank you. And uh, Listeners and watchers, viewers, you can catch this on YouTube or uh, we will also have it transcribed uh, and it'll also be on our podcast uh, stream. So thanks all and uh, we will see you at the next show.